Welcome to the St. Edward's Podcast, a church filled with the Holy Spirit. We hope that today's words will draw you closer to Christ Jesus. Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Well, it's another whole year until Christmas. These are the words we hear children uttering now, the very same words that we adults spoke when we were children. Do you remember that empty feeling when the glamour and excitement of the tree lights, food and presents began to recede into the everyday life? We adults know a similar feeling as the children. After all the planning, decorating, buying, cooking, wrapping, giving, and yes, even all the church going, it's over. And we sink back into exhaustion. We all know some form of post-Christmas letdown. But let's wait a moment and reflect back on the last few weeks of our gospel readings. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is what that's all about. The prophetic words of Isaiah being fulfilled as John the Baptist cries out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord and make path his, his path straight. And the message of the baptism, and not just with water, but the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And this is offered to everyone even the least of these. We see these words from Mary herself as she expresses her own status in the Magnificat. For he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. And now we celebrate the birth of our Savior. Now, as I was preparing for this sermon, I was wondering, thinking it might be a little easier to preach on the Christmas story, but then I got to thinking, if I was really to do that, how would I present the old familiar story in such a way that it would be fresh and penetrating to the people who hear it? How do you help people understand of what God did for us in the birth of his glorious son? How do you choose the words to tell how God offered this love to us, each of us, in the person we call Jesus? Praise be to God for Father Mark's beautiful illustration of that on Christmas, explaining it. Thank you. But sermons, folks, start with an idea. And most of the time, these ideas are spawned by the Holy Spirit. In fact, as I was reflecting on verse 1 of today's gospel reading, in the beginning, the Word was God, and the Word was with God. The thought of an idea kept swarming around my mind. At Christmas, we read from the opening chapters of the Gospels where we hear about the coming of Christ into our world. But you may have noticed the opening verses of the fourth gospel, St. John's gospel today. 
They're very different from the others. In fact, they're so different that perhaps many of us are wondering what they mean and what they even have to do with the birth of Jesus. Yet, folks, these are some of the most exciting words in all of Scripture. The man who wrote them, he knew that we already had the story of Joseph and Mary, about the shepherd and the wise men, about the birth of baby Jesus in the manger. That was in Matthew and Luke. So he wants to tell us more. He wants to thrill us with the deep, deep meaning of what happened in Bethlehem and everything that went on before. In the other Gospels, we have the story, and quite frankly, it's like a pure and simple children's tune on a piano. In John's Gospel, a great orchestra picks up the tune and transports us in and through time and eternity in a great symphony of mystery and love. What it seems to say, perhaps we'll never fully understand. But still, no one here is too young to hear the exciting news about what is being said. Because this is not a fairy tale, it's not a dream. It's God's answer to the question that all of us have asked since the time we were very small. In the beginning, every one of us asks about beginnings. Where did I come from? My parents. Well, where did they come from? their parents. It goes right back to the big million-dollar question. Where did the world come from? From the solar system spinning and wheeling around the sun? And where did that come from? From some galaxy out in space? And how about that? Where did that come from? Other galaxies that came before it? Way back? Back in endless time, how did it all begin? Well, these three words, like the same three words we find in Genesis, take us right back to the very beginning. And when we say God, we have gotten back to the beginning. Because the truth is, we can't think of anything further back. God is the beginning. Do you ever wonder if God was lonely when there was no one or nothing else at all? Just God in the beginning and nothing? But listen to the scripture again, because it wasn't like that at all. God was never alone, not even in the beginning. In the beginning, says the gospel, was the word, and the word was with God, and the Word was God. If we find that hard to understand, how about this? In the beginning was an idea, and this is what it means. God wasn't lonely. He had an idea, and his idea was to create, to make something. We all know what it's like to have an idea of creation, don't we? The idea comes in the form of a drawing, perhaps planning a garden, writing a poem, maybe even orchestrating a football play. How about making a Christmas present for a friend or even discovering the perfect formula for an effective vaccine? 
Creative ideas are the best because they make things happen. A universe came into being, first perhaps by a little energy, then something like a ball of gas, then something solid, then stars, suns, and moons, then little corners of this huge universe where things began to grow, where life appeared, plants, trees, vegetables, fruits, reptiles, fish, great beasts of the forest. This is what God's good idea looked like. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Then God's idea got to working again. And in one little corner where life was growing very fast, he slowly brought into being a new creature called man. God's idea was that there should be on this little planet someone that could be like a son to him, able to talk to him, to work with him, to be able to create things too. God didn't want a lot of things. He wanted a family sons and daughters that he could love and that would love him back. So the human family came into being. But you and I both know sons and daughters are not like the stars and the planets. They don't always do what they're told. God's idea was love, that we should love him and love one another. But soon God's family had another idea, a bad one, a bad idea. And that bad idea was to say no to God the Father, to disobey him, to refuse to love him, to refuse to put him first. And this, folks, is the sad part of the story. Soon men and women got more and more bad ideas. In fact, one of these led to another. When they stopped loving God, they stopped loving one another. They began to fear, fight, hate, gossip, and even kill. But God's good idea was still there. But most of the time, men and women refused it. They were his family, but they really didn't want him. He came unto his own, and his own received him not, says the scripture. They followed the bad idea. The good idea, however, was still shining away in the darkness, but only a few really paid attention. They were his true sons and daughters. But to all who received him, to them he gave power to become children of God. What could God do when he saw so many following the bad ideas? The earth had become full of fear and suspicion, wars, plagues, violence, and misery. Well, he could have let his family go. One little word in the whole planet with everyone on it could just disappear back into nothingness. Or 
He could have appeared in a flash of heavenly fire and a great voice of thunder so that everyone would be terrified back to his family and that they would obey the good idea. But none of this is the nature of our God because God is love. He could not do either of these things. So instead, he's got a better idea. Can you imagine the rumor of this idea as it spread through the heavenly realms? There must have been immense excitement. Can you hear the angel saying, this is the very idea? It was the most amazing idea ever made known to humankind. God was going to meet with his family, not destroy it, not begin again, and not to terrify them into submission, but instead come as a little child born into a human home and delivered over to all the dangers, all the horrors that bad ideas had brought into this world. This is, wasn't going to just be any idea that was given to man. It was the very idea. And that meant that God's idea was going to become a real person, a human child, such as you and I have been. So very quietly over 2,000 years ago, one night, when the world was very busy with its affairs, in a little stable, in a little town, in a little country, Jesus is born. St. Luke says that Mary, his mother, brought forth her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. But St. John says the word, the idea, was made flesh and dwelt among us. He is called Jesus. God's very idea. Because you know what the archaic meaning is of the word very? It means true, real, and genuine. This was God's good idea for humankind, made true and real for each one of us. No longer did humankind have to seek among all the bad ideas to find God's good idea of love because it had become real. God's idea had flesh and blood like us. He had a human face, human eyes, a human tongue. Every emotion we have felt, he's experienced. Now at last, men could see what it really meant to be a son and daughter of God. For as Jesus grew up, he mingled with all kinds of people. He not only loved his father all of the time, he loved every man, woman, and child, everyone he met. Then, as now, the world was full of bad ideas as well as good ones, but a bad idea never got into his mind or heart. Even when the bad ideas swarmed around him, even when the very worst idea that ever got into the minds of men that hung him from a cross. Still, he went on loving them and his father in heaven. Father, he said from that cross, forgive them for they know not what they do. 
but humankind could not kill God's good idea. Jesus came alive again and is still in our world, and he is as close as the very breath we breathe. Still the very idea of God, still the one who puts the good ideas into our minds and drives away the bad ones. Have you ever noticed that for a few days around Christmas in our homes, in our streets, in the shops, towns, maybe even all the nations, there are more good ideas and fewer bad ones? Even in the midst of a global pandemic, there's a little more love and a little less hate, a little more caring for others and a little less selfishness, a little more understanding and a little less violence, a little more peace. We come to worship on Christmas because we, like the first disciples, we behold the glory of God. But to behold his glory, folks, doesn't just mean to sing Christmas carols. And it doesn't even just mean to praise the name of Jesus. It means to reflect his love. To put the good idea he has given each of us into action. If we listen to the story of Jesus in church every Sunday or however frequently we may come, or as we read his word, then good ideas do come. But when we're outside of this church, in our day-to-day -day lives, and we begin to love people that we don't even like, or to spend more money on other people than less on ourselves, to say things that help encourage and build up people instead of tearing them down and saying things that are hurtful. To be unselfish in our decisions and kind in our judgments. To talk about ideas and not talk about people. Then we will really know what Christmas means. For this is the very idea we are called to as children of the Most High God. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this conversation today. We will continue to pray that our teachings are impacting you for the kingdom of God. If you'd like to learn more about our community, you can find us on stedwardsepiscopal.com or on Facebook. And of course, we'd love for you to visit us in beautiful Mount Dora. May God's grace fill you as you go in peace.